You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. Phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. Doesn't look like we got any new callers today. So let's get started with Carson the Caldwell. What is going on? It is Carson from Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. And I've got two things to say. Right. Number one is that today I was talking to some guy. He's a Chargers fan, but he follows the NFL like pretty pretty well. Um, and he was like telling me, hey, Jordan Love looks good. You know, you got something. Jaden Reed and Dontavian Wicks looks good and all this stuff. And what's going on in the defense? Man, you guys suck. And so, um, yeah, he was saying all that. And then we were talking about the Chargers, and he was like, man, we're not going to have a lot of our players next year. Like, our cap space is so messed up. He's like, we need a safety because Derwin James is probably going to be gone. He's like, Austin Eckler is probably going to be gone. There's a lot of guys that aren't going to be here next year. And he was like, but, man, I was watching this guy in college, and he's a safety, and since Derwin James is going to be here, I hope we draft him. And his name is, like, uh, Cooper, like, Dejan. I was like, no. No, that <laughs> is Cooper DeJean. He off. is ours. You are not <laughs> taking him from us. He is a Green Bay hacker, so you <laughs> cannot have mouth. him. Cooper DeJean is his name, and he <laughs> will be wearing green and yellow next year, so don't even talk about him anymore. <laughs> But, uh, so yeah, that was the first thing. Um, he's ours. No. It's funny because I probably would be possessive about like five guys. Like, nope, can't touch him. That's ours. Like, all right. Um, tell you what, there's this guy, Jerzon Newton. No, 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 no. Goody Cunts is going to be all over that. Don't even, d- defensive line, pass rush, freaking, uh, no chance. No chance. He's a Packer. Sorry about that. There's some good wide receivers in it. Nope, they're all ours. All of them, except maybe the first guy. We probably can't get him, but all the rest, we'll trade up for that one guy, you know, neighbors, and then we'll we'll draft all the rest of them also. So that's that's how that's going to go. <laughs> I don't know. I, I am excited that there are several guys that I like. Um, but again, the, the point isn't to find the guys that you like. The point is to like everybody. Because if there are two people that you don't like, we're going to draft one of them. So, you know. Uh, that that's that's the name of the game, man. What else is already? Um, and then the second thing was for Jersey Mike and um, the dude with the white Jordan Love jersey that we always lose when he wears it. Whatever, I don't remember his name. Um, I have a solution for this curse that they that they have right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had this whole third round curse thing. The Packers they have the whole well, if I go to the game or if I wear this jersey, then we're gonna lose. No. We need to buy both of them Tucker Craft jerseys, and you will break any curse that there is. <laughs> Jersey Mike goes to a game, he's wearing his Tucker Craft jersey. He, this dude has white Jordan Love jersey, not anymore. It's Tucker Craft's white jersey, because Tucker Craft breaks all curses, the, even the third-round curse. That is my solution, and those are my two things. Um, go, Pat, go. Hopefully we win out. If not, um, that sucks. So goodbye. Yeah, and um, I, I forgot about this, but a while ago we had um, done a thing where we talked about sending Jersey Mike to all the all the guys. I don't even remember why. I really don't. I don't know if that was to prove that he's a curse and lose, or I, I have no idea what we were even talking about, but I know that that was a thing that we were going to do, and I said, let's talk to Jersey Mike and see if he'd even be willing to do it first, and then we'll go from there. And, of course, he's very, very willing to do it, so... We're running short on time, but if you guys want to get together and like buy the dude some tickets, let's let's do it. Anyways, uh, I like that. I do, and we could use that as an experiment. You know what I mean? Like we're probably only going to have two games we could send them to. 
But if we send him to the Vikings game and we lose, we're going to have to pitch in for a ticket and a Tucker Craft jersey because I'm not losing to the freaking Bears. And if that breaks, if we beat the Bears after that, oh, dude. Oh, man. Tucker Craft. I like it, though. I like I like where your head's at. Hey, it's Nate. Um, wanted to call in because I just listened to my uh, my personal episode that I paid for. Yeah. Um, it was awesome. Uh, even though you kind of on all, all my sorry. draft presses, I don't think you said you liked a single one. Um, I tried. You did say you, you kind of liked Brandon Rice yeah. um, and Karan Ameg Julie, whatever his name whatever. is. Um, and everything was fair criticism. But hey, for anybody else listening, I recommend it. Um, I think it was a very fair price for hearing uh, a breakdown of the guys that I uh, really liked, but it was nice to hear kind of the opposing side of like, you know, what somebody who actually, um, you know, watches a lot more tape than I do sees and uh, just getting that other perspective and obviously just hearing everything on the show that, uh, that I kind of wanted to hear was really nice. It was like, um, it was cool. I don't know. I would recommend it. If you got some extra scratch laying around, I had a Venmo balance that I uh, wanted to partially use. So yeah, go back, go. Yeah, well, I'm glad you liked it, and um, I honestly, I was excited about it first because I'm like, oh, dude, this is a really good idea, and then when I thought about it, I was like, man, what am I getting myself into? Like, am I going to be able to keep up with this? Because I really thought it was going to be a lot of people were going to be asking for it, and uh, it was zero, so (laughs) I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, that kind of sucks, but it's also kind of awesome because it's just work that I don't have to do, which is great, but uh, I was pretty jacked up about the idea. Obviously, it's just it's just me and you, though, Nate. No, nobody else liked it. But yeah, it's still it's still an option if anybody would like. Uh, uh, planning on doing, you know, bonus episodes. Um, if there's a certain topic that you want. A certain. I haven't heard you talk about how much you hate the Bears lately, or I'd love for you to dig into these stats about these players. Whatever. Um, I am offering my services, providing bonus podcasts. It'll be an afternoon podcast. So, got the normal morning one. Got the late night packing it after dark, and then the afternoon would be the bonus if you're interested. Just reach out, and we'll figure out how and what and where and why and whatever. Hey, Ryan, Janet from California. Hey. Uh, I've been stewing on this for a while, and everybody has already probably said this a million times. And I look at our defense, and you recently talked about the DVO ranks and how we're a bend-don't-break defense, and our DVOA for deep passing is 28th, and we're 21st or something in short passing or something like that. If you just picture every drive that where we've gotten a stop, it never it's never schematically sound. It's the, the offense that we're going to get the guy trips, or something, or a heroic effort by us to get an interception, a heroic effort by us to get a sack. It's not, there's no schematics to it. You have to be a superhero to get a stop or get lucky. And it's just unacceptable that, like, I don't, I'm not the one that thinks Matt LaFleur should be fired, but he's not a head coach. Like, he's, you know, if he had, was just an offensive coordinator, he'd probably be a top five, you know, just throw out top ten, well, maybe top five, top ten offensive coordinator, but he's failed so much at managing coaching, and there already are issues with people talking about, like, he doesn't have the... You know, be a head, you know, he has struggles with relationships and stuff with... Um, how he handles things because he's very brutally honest and there's a there's a fine line between brutally honest because sometimes you're just gonna like throw out what you think right because he's a man of scheme right so he's gonna defend Joe Barry because the scheme makes sense but he, he even though he's an offensive mastermind he's not in the defensive world and I know it, you see you know, you look at it you see it the opposite side but he's defending the wrong guy like he's like defending the scheme because he thinks it's this holy thing, right? Like it's like it's gospel because he's a scheme guy and he's 
not managing the team right, so I don't, I, like, do we fire Matt LaFleur? Do we have a hard conversation? It's like, yeah, you be the head coach, but you can't run the offense. You've got to be a head coach. You, we need we need to be a we need to be a cohesive unit. We can't do this. So I don't know. Even though it's Joe Barry, it's Matt Lafleur. It's Matt Lafleur. Amazing coach. Amazing schematics. It's- Three minutes. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's why we need Matt Lafleur to give us a new defensive coordinator next year. You know, I mean that's that's the issue at hand. Um, it is annoying constantly hearing him defend it. And, and again, I've said this a bunch of times, I, I don't even necessarily disagree, but, but I feel like everybody, including the coaches, are missing the point. And, and you know, later on when Matt LaFleur talks, he kind of gets to the main point anyways. But it's like, well, you know, I mean, it's it's the, the players, right? It's, I mean, more or less, more or less that's what he's saying. It's the players that are making mistakes, and, you know, we, we got to be better at executing and all that stuff. First of all, I find that to be bullcrap. Because the players cannot execute in a suboptimal situation. And that just because the players didn't do exactly the best possible thing doesn't mean they were in the best possible position to succeed. So it can be both at the same time. Players can make mistakes, and still the play sucked. Beyond that, though, the larger question is why? You know, guys are not doing this, and they're not doing that, and da 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 Why? Why? And again, there's only two options. Number one, every single one of our defensive players are complete morons, and we like to draft idiots, like frickin' 40 IQ, you know, just just people that should be permanently wearing padded helmets, or the coaches suck. And if this is a coaching failure, stop going up to the podium and saying, yeah, the players, you know, they gotta figure this stuff out, they gotta, they gotta, dude, we're past it. Okay, we're past that. This has not gotten fixed in three years. It's not going to be fixed in the next three weeks. I understand you're being asked tough, tough questions, and you don't want to just, you know, you're you're basically being begged to throw Joe Barry under the bus, and you're not going to do it. But it's just, I I don't like this constant feeling that you know because there was an opportunity for a player to make a play and they didn't. That's the whole story. That's not the whole story. So do we need to fire Matt LaFleur? No. We're, we're going to ride out this year. We're going to find somebody else. I, I know what you're saying about, like, you know, the offense or, you know, the whole team needs to be better. But let's, let's not pretend. I understand that technically he is the head of the defense. He's an offensive guy. And so the way that this works is he's going to manage the offense and he's going to hire someone to manage the defense. And the guy that he got to manage the defense is doing a bad job. And it's now his job to find somebody that's better. And maybe it's his fault that we got, I mean, I shouldn't say maybe, it's 100% his fault that we hired Joe Barry. It's 100% his fault that we held on to him again going into this year. If it happens again, it's not even a question. This, this is, I mean, again, it is your job to manage the defense by finding a defensive coordinator and you're refusing to do your job. Just flat out refusing. But again, like I've said a thousand times, no, we're not firing Matt. Let's work on defensive coordinator. If we find a defensive coordinator who's doing a good job and getting the defense right and the team as a whole still has issues and we come to the determination that the issue is directly the head coach, then we can have that conversation. Right now, I'm not having the conversation. Uh, Why don't we go ahead and take our first break? I do want to try to get through all these calls. I'm trying to gauge when the right time to, to grab all these is. We're flying at a pretty good clip here. Want to keep that going? We'll take a break. Uh, please remember to give to the um, to the GoFundMe if you think of it, if you remember it. Link will hopefully, if I can remember, be in the description. If not, please check yesterday's. I did get the description in those, or get the link in the description. Um, it would be a fantastic holiday gift for a family that is very much in need. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. 
Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Ryan, I've got a uh, super dead serious take here. Not even a little bit of sarcasm. Okay, you talk about, uh, you know, how we've got a pretty good shot of making the playoffs if we uh, lose the or win the next three. And uh, I agree. I agree. And I think we can. Um, you know, Christian Watson is the uh, is the linchpin on this uh, on this offense. And uh, when he's around, things are good. <clears throat> so it got me thinking. What's uh, what's our what's our burner receivers from the past up to? You know. Why don't we go check in on uh, Michigan man Jeff mm. Janis and see what he's up to. See if he can take a break from fixing tires to, uh, you know, run some deep rolls for the Packers or maybe our guy from Cal, Trevor Davis. Oh, boy, Mr. 4-3 four, three, four, four, three speed, mm-hmm. let's get him back. <laughs> uh, no, but, yeah, um, Joe Barry's got to go. Uh, that's all I've got. So good luck with that. Bye. Yeah, that was that was way back in the day when four four two was like elite speed. <laughs> it's amazing how much that's changed. So many guys are just flooding the NFL that are running four threes. That four four two. I mean, it's not it's not to say they didn't have four three four two runners um, before this because obviously they did. But it's just from my perspective, become so common. And four four two is is quick, but it's kind of what I envision like Jaden Reed having. I mean, Jaden Reed ran a four four five, and the Packers are like, nah, he ran a lot faster than that. And Jaden Reed in this offense is not fast enough to be the speed guy. But yeah, man, Janice four four two. We would just send him down the field, man. He just a he just a burner. He's just taking the top off the defense, son. Four four two is uh, again. I'm not gonna pretend it's like average because it's above average, but not not much. I kind of envision like four four five being kind of average now, whereas before I kind of envisioned more four five ish being standard i don't know man things change and i dig it i do it just makes things exciting it's kind of like um it's kind of like the salary cap where it takes a little while to reacclimate the the bigger numbers so you know it, it kind of in a negative way but you know you give a quarterback 50 million dollars and you're like our, our life is over like we're we're so screwed right now uh there's just no way we're ever going to recover from this it's like no you don't understand like we have way more money than we used to this is comparable to like 20 million back in the day, which at the time was like break the bank money, but it's, it's going to be fine. Hey Ryan, this is a uh, truck, Bob. Hey truck, Bob uh, catching up on some notes. I've been writing um, from it. your shows. Loved your uh, second by second uh, last quarter live. That was really cool. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Jersey Mike's house is now perfectly safe. Okay, good. Uh, we drove up to Jersey <laughs> with our load of, 42,000 pounds of paper, and we kept getting a check engine, yellow check engine light on our truck, which means I had to take my truck into the shop rather than go to Jersey Mike's house and pile paper around his house. So the paper safely delivered, and my truck is now in the shop. Uh, It needs a brand new DDF unit, um, about $23,000. So Merry Christmas, Trucker Bob. Uh, Don't worry, we that money aside for these type of things so we'll be fine um second well you make me feel better about things my daughter just bought her first car and um very excited about it and um check engine light came on we took it in she needs a new engine so my wife and i have just been sitting here in complete despair trying to figure out what the heck we're going to do about that situation but anyways uh that's kind of a new issue that just arose We'll have to navigate that right on frickin' Christmas. But again, uh, much less significant than uh, 
than your repair. So sorry to hear that you're going through that. You asked about what I thought about the Tesla truck. Now, they look really oh, cool, yeah, yeah. and I wouldn't mind driving one one day. However, I'm going to let you know, we are not a Tesla family. Um, Probably aren't too many Tesla families yet, you know. I'd like to say that I am, but I have never sat in or hardly ever even been near a, an electric car, period. Um, and maybe I would hate it. I don't know. I just think it's pretty dope. My son uh, is, the pro- is a project manager, manager for NVIDIA okay. out in uh, California. Nice. And he de- his team developed the self-driving car program that GM, Honda, Volvo, Mercedes, and some of the European car companies are going to be using starting in 2024. Nice. Um, so... Even though they developed a complete program of a self-driving car, most of these companies or all these companies are going to just start with a driver assist part of the system. And down the road, they'll probably add the full self-driving mode to the car. What I want to do is I want to buy me a 2024 car, hopefully next year. And if I do... I can say my son is going to be my chauffeur driving me around town. <laughs> that's funny. So anyways, that's our feelings about Tesla. We're not a Tesla family. Cool looking trucks, though. And then my question for the day. In the past, I've always fully supported Coach LaFleur as a coach. But him not changing defensive coaches or fully getting involved on that side of the thing is very disturbing to me. Yeah. I'm starting to have doubts about him. Um, because for three weeks we had this beautiful attacking defense, then all of a sudden the last two weeks they went passive again. And I just think, you know, at some point the problem has to be laid at his door. Trucker Bob out. Yeah, and I, I completely get that. And, again, mm-hmm. we got we got three weeks, and in those three weeks we're going to see what happens. You know, I I think at the end of the day I understand the frustration and all that, and I definitely understand – kind of even when things get fixed, kind of harboring this hesitation at least of like, I don't know if I trust the guy. But at the end of the day, if and when Joe Barry is is relieved of duty or not brought back, however it's going to end up being phrased, and a new DC is here, it'll be a reason for everybody to get excited. Pre- pre- assuming it's not a freaking guy from the Chargers or uh, some other person that's going to cause a lot of consternation or a lot of people that are just not fans of it but um but i i think a lot of this will be put behind us it it it, so there's two main things here that come to mind when you and a lot of other people have said this number one is there's a ton of speculation i mean there's there's layers upon layers of speculation in terms of what hap what's happening what matt lafleur's thoughts are on this for all i know he freaking hates joe barry (laughs) it doesn't feel that way but he, he may be just at his complete freaking wit's end with things and, and the way that they're going, sitting on the sideline, watching things and just going, what are you doing, Joe? And remember, he's putting himself in the defensive meetings now and being more involved in that. So that I'm sure that's a matter of, of frustration. So I don't actually know the situation. And obviously, he could have fired him and chose not to. And again, I think that that has a lot to do with being on a playoff run. And then again, the other side of this is that I just see this very similar to, you know, Joe Barry's a genius, Joe Barry should be fired, Joe Barry's a genius, Joe Barry should be, or Matt LaFleur, I mean. It's just, it's kind of a lot of fluctuating, and, and I also think that there's a lot of forgiveness when things go well. Like, I didn't love that, but I'm happy now. And at the end of the day, I mean, let's let's be completely honest. The offense, in my opinion, has has overperformed. I think most people should be able to see, I mean, if, if they genuinely are, Right now, already, about a top 10 offense, better than they were last year with Aaron Rodgers, considering all the injuries and all the youth and everything else and just complete cluster that's happened. There's every reason to believe that he can coach the offense to continue to get better. If you get a defensive guy in here to come in and make this a better defense, I can't imagine anybody's going to want Matt LaFleur fired. If we have a top 10 offense and top 10 defense, let's say we're like 6th on offense and ninth on defense. That's not obviously a super ideal, but we're in like year two of this and year one of our defensive coordinator. I think we're all just happy with life. We're, we're definitely in the playoffs in that regard. I think we're potential Super Bowl contenders. Maybe not the most serious, but certainly in the conversation. And then, of course, there's lots of reason for optimism because the year after that, 2025, you know, we got the draft, which is dope. We've got more additions coming in. 
we've got like, you know, year, what, three of the offense, which there's still reason to believe that there's, you know, growth that can happen there. And then on top of that, you've got year two of the defense, which everybody always assumes is going to be a big jump. Whether or not there actually is doesn't really matter. So I, I just... I would just say right now, let's be patient. Now, that's my take right now. Again, if, if we get eviscerated by the freaking Panthers offense, and then again, we get Matt LaFleur coming out saying, well, you know, I mean, we call the right plays, and these guys are just don't know what to do. You're going to start to slowly see me seep over into the other side of this discussion. As much as I probably should just be like, just, just get through the freaking year and move on, and let's just get through this year. There is going to be a, a, a more like this, this really is like, I get it, but this really is pretty unacceptable that, you know, this is allowed to freaking happen. You know, one of the worst offenses in football, we are officially eliminated from the playoffs right now. I mean, we have probably like a 5% chance if we lose to the Panthers, there, there's, there's nothing to hold on to. Here I am. Tell you what, um, there's three calls from Aaron coming up. Why don't we take a break here so that it can be more all the way through as opposed to doing one and then break and then two. And we've got, um, what, six calls. So it's kind of a little bit of a lot, but we'll just kind of power through those and we'll be up out of here. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. What up? Uh, hey, so I'm going to take the bad take. So I'm going to throw a take out there. Do it. And try to make it make sense. Um, but I think that, the I don't actually think this, by the way, but here's a theory. Um, Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur are playing chess, not checkers. Um, because <laughs> Brian Gutekunst is a master of the draft. Um, so, we want the Bears to not draft a quarterback and to stick with Justin Fields, right? Um, so... The Bears having the Panthers pick and then their own pick, which is probably also going to be in the kind of top of the area-ish of where you're going to want to draft a quarterback. So we also have Joe Barry, who makes, who, who makes uh, let's say, um, Christian Ponder was still in the league. Christian Ponder would look like a Hall of Fame quarterback playing Joe Barry. So, we are playing the Bears again this year in Week 18. And we want the Bears to look at it and be like, oh, we don't need a drafted quarterback. We have Justin Fields. We are good. And so, they're going to want Justin. So, Brian Gutekunst and the Packers want Justin Fields to look like a Hall of Famer, right? Sure. Um, so that they say, oh, no, we can pass on these quarterbacks. Um, but we also don't want him to draft Marvin Harrison. So we kind of need, uh, Darno Mooney, um, uh, what, DJ Moore, um, and all the receivers to also like, like Hall of Famers against us in the last week of the play, or last week of the season. Um, so we're playing chess, not checkers. We are kind of trying, we're keeping Barry around and not firing immediately to try to bait the Bears into thinking that they're good. Yep. Um, and then we're going to go out and sign some guy like uh, uh, Ted Lasso to be our defensive coordinator, and then they're going to come in with Justin Fields next year having not drafted a quarterback with their two premium picks, and they're going to be like, oh, my gosh, what happened? Justin Fields isn't the first ballot Hall of Famer? Oh, my gosh. What are we ever going to do? Um, so we're playing chestnut checkers. Anyways, well, I'm about to hit three minutes, so peace out. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 like a uh, a hardcore tank. You know, not only are we tanking so that we get better picks, because obviously that's what we got to do. Is that a catch? That was crazy. Not only are we doing that, but we're also going to help the Panthers win. We're going to help the Vikings win, who are looking for a quarterback. We're going to help the Bears win. And so, yeah, man, I mean... Bears end up picking out of the top 10. We end up getting like the number six pick. Panthers maybe get out of the number one spot. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just what you got to do, man. It's just, that's some hardcore GMing. Also, I just wanted to say Merry Christmas to everyone in the world. Um, 
don't know about and everyone. And if you don't celebrate Christmas, Mary, whatever you celebrate, or some people, you know, just just go out and be happy this hol- holiday season. I know time can be stressful, but just take it as and try to find joy wherever you can. Um, hope and hopefully the Packers brighten your uh, Christmas. Christmas spirits and whatever. Yeah. Um, so I just, I don't know if this call is going to make it before the game, but have a merry, very, very, very merry Christmas. Um, I hope Santa brings everyone uh, mm. their Weber grill or uh, mm. their, I, I don't know, whatever you want. Um, I just hope Santa brings it to you. Um, yeah. Anyways, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year's. Um, happy Packers game day um, when that comes on Christmas Eve. Uh, I don't, and yeah. Bye. By the way, so let's see. Tomorrow is Christmas Eve, right? I'm just, I get it confused with like this is posted tonight. So it's not tomorrow. So it's tonight. So tomorrow is Christmas Eve. And then the day after that is, is Christmas. Make sure. I know we got a Packer game. Like there's so much going on right now. But, um, let, let me know what you're doing, man. You know, what what are we doing for the, what what, what did we do for the game? You out and you out at somebody's house watching the game, you at home. And what are you doing for Christmas, bro? Like, you know, I got to know what you're eating. I, it was kind of last minute for us. Like we got so much crap going on and Christmas really snuck up on us. And um, my wife did like a Walmart order because that's just what we do now. Just like, hey, how about somebody just brings us the groceries? Anyways. She's like, you want to throw some stuff in here? And I was like, bro, I got to, we got to do it up. So I'm like trying to build a recipe in my mind. I was like, I should probably do like a soup with everything. I'm like, no, nah, leave the soup up. So it's like, all right, what are we doing for breakfast? It's like, you wake up, you got to have like the cookies. My wife already got the cookies. I'm like, dope. So we got cookies going early. And then I got some hot cocoa and some marshmallows. Just, just, you know, just set in the mood. Really need to get a robe. I used to have a robe. It just feels like a Christmas. I think it's just because my parents always had a robe on and they'd come out with their cup of coffee and sit on the couch like all right what do you got going on just feel like that's a thing we should all have christmas robes and come out or whatever i don't know (sighs) um and then i wanted to do like some kind of a rope but but meat prices were through the i was shocked bro like i can't afford anything anymore so i just got a pork loin and i'm i'm trying to figure out if i should grill it because it's gonna be 50 degrees on christmas which is sad but awesome or if i should try to do something else that's a little more fancy you know you one of those things you put like ingredients in a pan and put it in the the old oven like grandma used to do. I don't know how to do that kind of stuff, but I'd like to figure it out. But yeah, we got that going on. What the heck else did I get? Oh, I'm going to make some mac and cheese because I kind of kind of figured out how to do that. So I'm just going to hammer that. Uh, mashed potatoes. Oh, some Cheddar Bay biscuits. I just, they were just sitting there. Walmart's just recommending stuff like, hey, you want some of these? I'm like, that sounds delicious. Yes, I do. Could just make biscuits. They're actually really easy to make, but whatever. And uh, oh, I got uh, sausage, cheese, and crackers because... Just a beautiful little snack to have. So I got two different kinds of sausage, a couple different kinds of cheese, throw out some crackers. I wanted to get like a platter, but I forgot. Nice little platter to put out. Anyways, let me know. Here I am. I, did, I just realized in my last call about, not my last call, but my one about uh, Justin Fields in the draft and needing him to look like a Hall of Famer. Um, I also should have clarified that I also want Jordan Love to play like prime Jordan Love. Um, Like, I want to win that game. Like, I don't want it to just be like, oh, the Bears trounced us. No, I don't want it to be that. I want us to make Justin Fields look good enough where they don't draft a quarterback. But at the same time, Jordan Love just says, hey, world, I'm letting you on fire. Um, See you in the playoffs. And then at that point, let's make the playoffs. Then, then fire Joe Barry. Sure. Once we make the playoffs. Um, yeah. Okay. Anyways, that's all I got to say. Sorry, I just needed to clarify that. I didn't want it to make it seem like I wanted the Bears to win. <laughs> Who would ever want that? <laughs> of course, Bears fans, but they kind of suck. So anyways, um, peace out again for the third time. Sorry for all these calls. So not like a hardcore 3D chess type tank. It's just, you know, we're, we're still going to win, but make them look good all right fair enough i get it i got it thanks for the clarification hey ryan uh this is jason calling in from vancouver canada hey uh, man hope you're well love the show thank you um just have some comments on this Devondre campbell uh situation you know 
Uh, I love that you can always pick out a Canadian accent. It's not like it's not even like a super thick like northern Wisconsin type of thing, but there's just a couple words that you just you hear and you're like, oh, Canada. Oh, nice to meet you. I remember a couple of years ago, uh, I think it was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers cut him, and he was basically left, you know, in the garbage. And Green Bay picked him out of the garbage and said, you know what, we're going to give you a chance, bring you in, work you out, see how it works out. Turns out, guy makes a team, they like him, you know, a little Cinderella story there, and they keep him on, give him a contract, all these things. This guy, last Sunday was absolutely horrendous. And I don't care about his excuses about injuries or whatever. Yeah. He was garbage. If you watch that play-by-play every time Mayfield throws the ball past the sticks, it's because of Devondre Campbell. Every single time sure. Devondre Campbell is either in the area or the one getting burnt. Every single play, except for me in one or two plays. I couldn't believe it looking back on it. You just see dreadlocks, dreadlocks, dreadlocks all over the field, and they're Devondre Campbell's. It was an absolute joke. So now, you know, this guy has a bad game, and then he comes out and says, I'm not playing hurt anymore. I'm not going right. to play hurt anymore. And this is after. not, not Well, and, th- and that is another reason why I didn't like the comments. I mean, just, again, the first part of the comments I really didn't like because, come on, man, that's, that's, that's some soft nonsense. I mean, it's like childish pouting is what it is. But you also bring up a great point in which it's not only pouting, even if you're 100% right and you did nothing wrong and Joe Barry did everything wrong, you're still pouting and it's pathetic to go on social media and say, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, okay, that's that's bull crap for an NFL football player. But you're right. He was bad. Injury or not, there, there needs to be some level of accountability to come out and just be like, you know what? I was hurt and that's the reason and, and everybody's blaming me and that's so I'm just not doing it anymore. That's that's such bullcrap. I wouldn't let my you know seven year old daughter get away with that kind of thinking. I, you know, Devondre shouldn't be allowed to get away with that. Again, I have a lot of sympathy for his position and the way that uh, certain things have been handled, but I don't think he handled it well. And and you're absolutely right that hurt or not, there there needs to be some level of accountability. Of you know, I don't appreciate the way the coaches are handling things, but I also. I, I messed up, dude. I sucked. I'm, you know, it is what it is. Wait, this, this, is not, this is not right after the game. This is about what? What, what are we now? Today is Thursday, so this is either yesterday or today. This, this, this came out. Cut this guy. Just cut him. What a joke. You know, I, I understand having a bad game or whatever, but to come out and make an excuse and say, I'll never play hurt for this team again. They're right. forcing me to play hurt. Guess what? This is playoff football. Your 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 team is is uh, is. A six and six, or sorry, a six and seven, um, and and you're fighting for a playoff spot. You're gonna have to play hurt, bud. You're gonna have to play hurt. All these guys are gonna have to play hurt. Jair's gonna have to play hurt. All these guys you have to play hurt. All this, I'm I'm too good for this. You know, I'm when I feel 100, percent I'll get back on the field because I don't want to get embarrassed. Whether or not you're 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 you you feel you know unable to play or whatever it is, if you're able to practice. You should be on the field. I don't give a shit about the coordinator or, or, or what feelings you have, what personal feelings you have against this uh, management team or whatever yeah. it is, or coaching, whatever you're going to uh, blame blame your, your poor play on. These are all excuses. And I think all these guys making excuses, Bakhtiari, Jair, all these guys, get them out of here. Devontae, put them back in the garbage can. What a joke. Anyway, sorry about the, the, the rant there. I just want to say I'm tired of these excuses, man. I'm tired of it's the coordinator, it's this, it's that. It's you! It's you! I see you getting burnt play after play. It's you! All right. Take care. No, you're right. And I'm, I'm not on the, you know, they have to go train necessarily. we we got to kind of see how this goes. But I, I do feel like we're headed in a really negative direction. And um, you're right. The players do have to take more of accountability. I understand saying I'm tired of being thrown under the bus, but but guess what? If you make a mistake, you have to be allowed to be held accountable. You cannot sit there and expect when you suck to go into the meetings afterward and have your defensive coordinator pretend like he didn't notice. What, because you are you make a bunch of money and because you're a superstar and you just think that you can do whatever you want and you get that title no matter what? Bro, you need to be a freaking man and be able to take a chewing, period. Now, again, there, there's there, there's accountability on all sides. And if you feel like that the defensive coordinator is not taking account, that's fine, but that's a separate issue. Are you taking accountability? And it, and it is 
funny how hypocritical it is to be pissed off that the coaches aren't taking accountability while you're actively not taking accountability right now. And yeah, this just childish, I'm not going to play if I'm hurt anymore because I'm tired of being blamed nonsense. Bullcrap. You are going to play hurt because that's what football players do. And you know what? You're expected to play well when you're hurt. You're going to go out and you're going to play and you're going to do your best. You're going to fight through the injury. That's why you get paid as much money as you do. Because you are the biggest, baddest, meanest human beings on planet Earth. That's why you're here. That's why we paid you what we paid you. And you're going to sit here and play this baby back BS about my feelings are hurt, so I'm going to pout and not play anymore? No, you're going to do what the hell I tell you. You work for me. And you're going to do every freaking thing I say. And if you have a problem with that, get the hell off my team. That's generally the way I view things. But at the same time, am I going to send off Devondre and Jair and everybody? No, I'm not getting rid of every superstar that acts like a diva. Like, first of all... I think a lot, again, I think a lot of this gets fixed when the defense gets fixed, right? The culture is a problem, but guess what? If we hire a new defensive coordinator, he's going to come in, guys are going to get excited. And if they play, start playing at a high level, it's just, it's all going to be positive. So again, I'm kind of in this, like, let's just freaking hang on. Like we're so close. We're so close to resolving this. I don't want to allow these last couple of weeks to break everything. You know, we have to fire Matt LaFleur. We got to get rid of Jair. We got to get rid of Devondre. We got to get rid of all these guys. We got to, you know, let's get rid of Gutekunst for whatever we, you know what I mean? It's like, let's just relax. I, I, I am in agreement. We got players who are acting irresponsibly. We have coaches that are acting irresponsibly. We got childish behavior taking place. We have terrible decisions being made. Like things are unraveling a little bit. But I, I just, I don't, this is not the right time to be making drastic emotional decisions and that's that's that would be a tendency that i would have right and i get it like the fans are are that way too toward things and and what are those decisions number one fire all the coaches number two cut all the players let's just please try to get through these couple weeks and it's not just for the fans it's for the players too like please just hold on mentally and emotionally you know like devondre said you know focus on your mental like i i just i get that but at the same time it's like come on man like this whole, you know, I, I emotionally, I just can't handle it. And I need to get away to be able to deal with my emotions. Like, is, is your life that freaking hard? Coach said you had a bad day and you can't handle it. So you're going to quit on your team so you can focus on your mental. Don't be a freaking baby. All right. If you need to rehab, rehab. Fine, rehab. But you know what? If you can play, get on the field and play. And if you make mistakes, own it like a freaking man. None of this, well, well, then I quit. God, bunch of children. I mean, it's it's, it's freaking embarrassing. These are grown men. And it's one thing to have like this emotional reaction. I get it. Like grown men have childish emotional reaction. But you understand that it's a childish emotional reaction. You calm down and you deal with it. And I'm hoping that's what happened to a lot of these players, but I don't think it is. Because Jair and Devondre have still not taken the field, and I kind of think that the reason behind that has everything to do with the situation that we're in. Again, not saying they're not hurt because they are, but I think there's this mentality of, well, the only reason that I'm not playing well is because I'm hurt. And if you're going to blame me for for playing hurt, then I'm just not going to play hurt. Like, first of all, that's not the only reason you're making mistakes. Who is this dude wearing a skirt, bro? Yeah, people get money and they're just idiots. It's amazing. You got all the money in the world. What are you going to do? Like, I got to do something so outlandish. What could we do? I know. I'll wear a skirt. <laughs> Dude, just get, some, just get some jeans or something, man. I'd be wearing, like, really expensive sweatpants. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't get it. Sorry. Anyways, uh, bottom line is I, I agree all the way up to the point where we cut players. It may come to that. I'm not saying that's never on the table. Just, I just want to get through these last couple weeks, <laughs> please. Yo, Ryan, Yo. Uncle Rico, I just listened to your podcast and you're talking about Joe Barry mm. and not sounds, sounds not like nice something to that fire happened. him during the holidays and blah, blah, blah. I don't, I really don't get it. Well, I mean, sure, it's embarrassing to get fired, but dude ain't got enough money. Would that be it? Or is it a financial thing? Or who the, and he gets paid either way, right? I think, I mean. When you get fired, you still get your paycheck probably because he's got a contract. Yep. So right. who cares? I mean, there's nothing more than I would love more than to get fired from my job and still get a paycheck. <laughs> that would be the best, especially around the holidays when I wouldn't have to work. I don't, I don't, I really don't get that argument. 
I mean, like I said, it's embarrassing to get fired, but if you don't have to work, you still get paid and you get to spend time with your family. So yeah. it seems like the best Go thing ever. Your kids, man. Break out. Yeah, it's just it just sounds like a freaking lame excuse, and I just I'm, I I just don't have any interest in engaging with it. I understand some people are um, very sensitive to these things, and it would be very sad for Joe Barry. And it's yeah, I mean it it would be it would be guess what? It's still sad even when it's not the holiday. So should we not do it because it's sad? It's just it's just not an interesting discussion for me. It's it's it has no relevance to anything. I mean, it's just I I, I don't even understand it. I, I really don't. The, well, that's that's not nice what you're saying right now. Well, no kidding. Nothing I say is nice. That's not my goal here. I'm trying to say what's true and what's correct. What should happen, not, not based on um, people's feelings, but based on the ultimate goal, which should be the Green Bay Packers being the best team in the NFL. I guess we have different goals. My goal as a Packers podcaster is to focus on the Packers. Other people... Maybe as podcasters, I don't know if any of them actually take this position. But as a Packers fan, I guess, the number one priority is the emotional well-being of the people um, that are playing and coaching. And that's just an area where we differ, I suppose. I don't know. But it's not interesting. Like, is it sad? Yes. Would it be a very difficult thing to call Joe Barry into your office and do it? Yes. You know what else is hard? Every single year when we got 90 guys and then we got to cut a bunch of them. And those are not very well-off coaches who are going to be just fine for the rest of their life. Some of these guys are guys that are never really going to have an opportunity. If you say no, they're done, and they have to go, like, bag groceries somewhere. You think that isn't a sad conversation? So should we keep all them? Should we maybe cut all the guys like Aaron Rodgers and Devondre and Jair and bring in all the bad players so that they can get a little bit of money too because that would be more fair? Like, what what kind of a stupid conversation do you really want to have here? I don't mean you. Uncle Rico, I just mean in jet. Like, if, if if this is your position, how stupid are we going to get with this? So I, I just, it's not interesting to me. It's not an interesting conversation. It's not a real conversation. It's just look how sensitive I am. Like, wow, great, congrats. Your emotions dictate your life. I'm very sorry to hear that. Go have a great day. I guess I don't. I don't know what else to say to you. What's going on, Ryan? It's JJ. What's up? Uh, so I've been trying to figure out how we can find the next. Joe Barry. Okay. But I put together a list of Great. priorities. And obviously, the number one thing you got to start with is like, is this person like a good dude? That matters a ton. He's mm-hmm. got to be fun to hang out with. You know, somebody you're going to be like excited to see every Probably morning when with, you yeah. go in the office. Maybe bring donuts. All right. So, for that reason, I'm really nervous about hiring someone that Matt LaFleur hasn't worked with before because how do you know if That's he's true. nice or not? That's a great point. So it got me thinking, like, all right, you know, other priorities that I have, like he's got to have worked in a similar sort of scheme. Yeah, we got to do the same stuff. Yep. That is something that, you know, I'm remotely familiar with as Matt LaFleur. So I'm thinking, like, this whole McVeigh-Shanahan tree, right? So hire somebody from L.A., maybe the Jets. And I think what it kind of comes down to is, like, I can't find somebody who's more qualified than Mike LaFleur. Mm-hmm. You know? It doesn't get more important than family. Because after right, all, right. football is a family. That's, that's and I know true. Mike LaFleur has never coached a winning defense, being an offensive coach. But to be fair, neither had Joe Barry. So this, to me, I feel like Mike is going to care so much about making sure this is the best team for his brother. Mm -hmm. He's just going to try extra hard for Matt. So that that. is why I think Mike LaFleur is the guy. Or maybe... Just bring back Joe Barry again. Anyways, yeah. let me know what you think. I hadn't considered that. That that does actually make a lot of sense. If we just bring back Joe Barry, it kind of checks all the boxes. As much as we seem to not like him, it's it's kind of silly because he, he checks all the important boxes. I will say I appreciate the lengths to which people will go to sarcastically um, attack the deep stupidity <laughs> that exists 
in certain uh, corners of the organization. And look, I'm, I'm sure there are some reasons why it's important. You don't want to work with the Jag off or whatever, but I don't know, man. I just uh, just go find a defensive coordinator that's good. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's it. Find a guy that's a leader that the players will rally around that that you know can do game plans and play calling and coaching and even if he's not a great coach fine get some great guys under him that can get you know translate what he's doing down to his people that's it not the kind of guy I want to get a beer with I don't want you to get a beer with him I don't cuz you might have to fire him pretty soon I don't want you guys to really even like each other you work together and you work toward a common goal and that's it if you have to just tolerate each other that's perfectly fine sounds great big old thumbs up You get like a Bill Belichick type who's old and doesn't want to have to listen to some young punk. And then you got Matt LaFleur who's like, you know, kind of this crotchety old guy here. It's not super cool to work with. I don't give a crap. You do your job really well. Let him do his job really well. And if he sucks at it, then you'll have no problem saying, you know what? Screw this guy. You're fired. Maybe that would be better. I don't know. Just a thought. Craig, what's going on? Hey, Ryan, it's Craig from Indiana. Hey. Uh, first of all, Merry Christmas. Thank you, you too. Um, hope you and your family have a blessed holiday season and a healthy uh, 2024. Yeah, you too. Um, at this time of the year, I just wanted to send my appreciation for all the work that you do for the podcast. I'm just blown away at how much prep work that you do um, to help educate us and entertain us, and whether that's researching all those stats and PFF or listening to so many podcasts that we can laugh at the enemy, <laughs> um, you know, binge watching the office and watching other movie recommendations uh, from some of the call in listeners. And um, it's, it's just amazing to me how much work you obviously put into this and it, it is reflected in the quality of your show. And uh, I just appreciate that. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, I- well, thank you, Craig. I appreciate that. That really does mean a lot. Um, Sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm kind of cashing it in. I'm not really doing as much as I could, but just hearing you describe it, it's like, holy crap, yeah, that's a lot of work. I wonder how many hours I've put into this. I've got, what am I coming up on here? Um, so this, the episode for tomorrow is 1,897, right? So let's see, 1,897. Let me, let me pause it and do the math on my own. This is the 406th episode of Packernet After Dark. So even though those are actual estimates, because I lost a bunch of episodes, but it's roughly 2,303 um, podcasts that I've done. If I'm averaging just two hours, which is low, of prep time, that's almost 5,000 hours, which would be 192 straight 24-hour periods. Labor of love. You have a question. Um, I was... um... I was looking up the uh, Green Bay Packers vision statement, and at least what came up on Google was their their vision statement is to win championships and deliver excellent guest experiences while being guided by our core values. And so I thought, you know, last year, I think they made 69 in operating profit, and in their vision statement, they have to win championships. Why wouldn't they spend as much as they need? I mean, without getting maybe too crazy, but... Why wouldn't we spend as much as we need to get the best defensive coordinator in here next year? Um, I think we lost out on that New Orleans special teams coordinator, um, I thought, because we didn't offer enough money. I could be wrong on that. You can correct me. But uh, that just doesn't seem like it should ever be an issue for us. I know that yeah. the board and, you know, the um, kind of the corporate officers have to be good stewards of money. I get that. Um, but again, we're, we're not answering to an owner where it's kind of coming out of his pocket. Um, seems like we have pretty good profit or, uh, we're pretty healthy. And, um, if, uh, the vision is to win championships, we should do whatever it takes, get the best person in here, give them whatever title they need to. Um, it's been interesting as you've been reviewing some candidates, the, the various titles they throw at people and I'm sure with extra money to keep them. But um, I just hope we're aggressive with that, and um, and uh, we can shore that and uh, that side of the uh, of the the team up because I, I feel really good about the offense. Anyway, have a good holiday. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, and I I agree. I mean, obviously there's a limit that doesn't make sense, but the bottom line is if somebody's asking for money, and that is an amount that somebody is willing to pay, we should be willing to pay it. Um. 
I, I just, I, I don't under, I, like to, to some degree, I understand maybe skimping on a special teams coordinator if you think it's unnecessary. But again, I think that bit us pretty hard. Um, and at the end of the day, we ended up paying a pretty hefty price for a defense for a special teams coordinator that's not even probably as good as the other one that we passed on because we recognized that was a mistake and we should not be making that mistake again bottom line this is this is crucial crucial and really i mean it's almost laughable when you look at it the you know who the highest paid defensive coordinator is it's vic fangio and that kind of makes sense right everybody's dying just to get their hands on anybody that's been near vic fangio largely because of what he did in in Chicago in 2018 and that's still carrying so much weight not to say that he isn't smart and all that stuff but it's like his his understanding of defense is what's winning right now and so everybody wants to get their hands on it so if you can get the actual guy it's of course worth it do you know what he's being paid as the highest paid defensive coordinator in football 4.5 million a year if there is anybody out there that you think is like the best in the world and they want 5 million, which as a percentage is a big markup from where we're at with Vic Fangio, and you are not willing to pay that, I think you're an idiot. Spending $77 million on their defense this year. Next year, that number is expected to be $129 million. Now that's going to change, but $130 million is being spent to make this defense work on the players, and you won't spend five on the guy to make sure that you get the best out of your 130, you're a freaking moron. I mean, that's like spending however much for, for like the best race car you can get, and you're trying to win, you know, NASCAR, and you're going to skimp on the driver. You're an idiot. Just get the best driver. You got the best car. Or you have a, let's say you have a top 10 or even a, potentially a top five car. You can win the thing if you get a great driver. Do not skimp, and they're not even expensive. We're talking $5 million compared to one thirty, and it's not even going to cost you that because you're not getting Vic Fangio. I mean, unless somebody like Sala or something comes along, in which case you give them $5 million and you don't freaking flinch at it. It's not a question. Now, you don't have to pay the offensive coordinator that much because Matt LaFleur really is the top offensive coordinator, so he's sort of number two in that line. But this is the guy that runs the entire defense from top to bottom. He is managing the most actual assets on this team in terms of where the most premium talent is, where the most money is, you want that to actually work for you, get the right guy. It's 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 not even a question in my mind. Now, like you said, we're not talking blank checks. If somebody comes along, they're like, I want 20 million, you tell them to go pound sand. But nobody's doing that. The point is, any reasonable offer, and even slightly unreasonable, because I think 5 million probably is unreasonable. But if they want it, do it. Who gives a crap? Yeah, I, I better not hear that. I, I did see some rumors about they um, didn't want to offer enough for Jim Leonard. I, I don't know. Let me let me just see if I can find that. So I, I can't find anything. It might be out there somewhere. I, I don't see any reports that they didn't offer him enough. What I do know is that Jim Leonard desperately wanted to stay in Wisconsin. He loved being in Wisconsin. It's all he ever wanted to do. And I think he saw himself as the next Wisconsin head coach. And when they went outside higher and then they let Jim Leonard go, that kind of crushed all that, which again, opens the door wide open to the Packers. It's not like, well, he turned them down before. Why wouldn't he turn them down again? Because the Badgers aren't on the table anymore. That's why. That was his 1A. You don't think 1B is Packers? I would bet it is. But, you know, it's also possible that, you know, he came in expecting, you know, six, seven million. And it's like, bro, you are an unproven NFL anything. Um, we're not giving you, you know, 50% above top rate, you know, whatever. So it's possible they, they kind of didn't do it, but at the same time, I wouldn't pay him. I mean, if you came in wanting 4 million, it's like, dude, that's, that's top of the market. Uh, maybe, but, but that's the other thing. If you're not willing to pay him that money, don't hire him. Anybody that that's going to come in and say, I want five, I want top money. And you go, ah, I don't know about that. Don't hire him. Wrong candidate. Because the person that you're you're interviewing should be somebody that you're willing, it, somebody that you expect can be the best defensive coordinator, will be the de- best defensive coordinator in the NFL. And if not, then what the heck are you doing? I mean, at least as far as what's available. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, in agreement. Hey, Ryan, this is Adam calling from Ohio. I just had thought, I'm driving here, and I just 
figured I'd share this with everybody to prepare for the devastation that's mm-hmm. probably to come. Um, similar to draft night, we all think we know what's going to happen, and we have all these things we're hopeful for, multiple different players we'd be okay with, that we've made peace with. And then the pick comes in, and it is the most devastating and shocking pick that no one saw coming, even though we tell ourselves every year that it's going to happen, it still happens. So, using the same logic, I've determined what's going to happen at the end of the year. They will announce the firing of Joe Barry, to which we will all rejoice, mm-hmm. and the next day announce the hiring of Brandon Staley. That is all. Go back up. Yeah. I mean, I, honestly, if, if you said you have to put money down right now for who's going to get the job, it's, it's, it's Brandon Staley by a mile. Um, I mean, Jim Leonard does make sense. This isn't what I want. I'm, I'm talking about what makes sense. Jim, Jim Leonard makes sense because that was Matt LaFleur's first choice, and Jim Leonard said no. It would make sense that they would reconvene. You know, now seems like, you know, he took some time. He went and had surgery, and he, he took his role as a consultant, whatever, this, that, or the other. Now it's your time to crack in as a defensive coordinator. And if you blow up, I mean, you could be a head coach in the NFL in a couple of years. You know what I mean? With the Badgers not as an option, why not? But Staley just makes so much sense. And I, I just I just hate it. The more I look at it, the more I really don't like it. I mean, I understand the idea that, well, he's one of those guys that, you know, he's not quite a head coach, but he got the head coaching job because he's a brilliant defensive coordinator. Show me that. Show me that. I mean, I saw him step into a role as a defensive coordinator and preside over a great defense, a defense that was great before he got there and after he left. But I, I just, I don't like it. And then, you know, that stat came out. I don't know if I talked about it on this podcast or if it's on tomorrow's podcast. I think it's tomorrow's. But there was uh, somebody went and looked up over Joe Barry's tenure over the last three years, who is the worst when a team needs 15 or more yards. So first and 15 or more, second, third, fourth, doesn't matter. 15 or more yards. The worst, the, the second worst team is the Green Bay Packers. The worst, the Chargers and Brandon freaking Staley. And then I think the Rams are right in there too. So it's like this whole little scheme, this whole little tree is a freaking disaster. I don't want to pursue it. I don't want to continue this. Some variation of it, fine, because technically we're still kind of in like the Fangio-ish thing. I don't know. But whatever's going on in this little area, it sucks. Rams, Chargers, Packers, Barry thing. It's like, it, I, I don't want it. And then you got another one of... Uh, there, but although what was it I saw recently? I cannot find it, but I thought it was like Rob Demofsky or something. Basically, flat out said there is zero chance that he will hire Brandon Staley because Matt Lafleur hates the guy. That I I just remembered that. And I'm trying to find it. It must have been in a video somewhere, so it's kind of hard to just Google it. So I I don't know. I'll I'll have to kind of further further dig into that, I suppose, and see if I can find that because I'm pretty sure I saw that, and I'm pretty sure. I mean, he blocked me on social media. So if it's something he posted on there, I cannot see it, although Google usually picks that up. But I, I, I hope it's true, because I don't want Staley here. I don't exactly know what I want. It'll be a fun thing to dig into once the season's done and really kind of see if we can figure out what's going on around the NFL. We'll dig into some of the top defenses and, and see some of the tendencies and trees that are out there or whatever, see if we can figure it out. But for now, let's assume it's not happening, which kind of brings us back to Jim Leonard and if we take that off the table what what is let's just assume Staley is off the table and Leonard are off the table who is it so when Joe Barry was with the Rams last in 2017 um Joe Barry was the assistant head coach slash linebackers coach so again he revered him quite highly as like the the next in line behind Wade Phillips who was the defensive coordinator across from Matt LaFleur as the offensive coordinator there was also a Jero Evero who would have been a good hire, but he passed on him for Joe Barry. Um, I don't know who else. Those are the only two like notable defensive guys that were listed. How did I miss all this? I didn't even realize the extent to which. So in 2016, you know, Matt LaFleur was a quarterback's coach. I knew that. I did not know Mike LaFleur, his brother, was the offensive assistant. I didn't realize Mike McDaniel was another offensive assistant. I didn't know Justin Outen was a coaching, coaching intern who eventually was brought in here with Matt LaFleur to be the tight ends coach. You know, you know who's somebody to keep an eye on? I, 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 I know who we're going to hire. You ready? Figured it out. He was there in 2016 in Atlanta, right? So, so there is some familiarity there. So he started off in Seattle starting in 2012. A very good time to be in Seattle, right? So he was there uh, in 2012 when they were 11-5 and five under Gus Bradley. The next year is when Dan Quinn, who we've already talked about several times, Legion of Boom Dan Quinn was there. 
He was the defensive assistant, this person that we're talking about. 2014, he stays in Seattle. They're 12 and 4, again under Dan Quinn. Then he goes to Atlanta, starting in 2015 as the secondaries coach. 2015 2016. In 2017, he takes over as defensive coordinator for the Falcons. The Falcons' defense in that first year, just in terms of points, goes from 27th to 8th. The team, though, kind of regresses. In 2018, they drop back down to 25th on defense, and Dan Quinn takes over as defensive coordinator. He moves on to the Philadelphia Eagles in 2020 as the secondaries coach. He has been with the New York Jets for three years as the safeties coach. So Matt LaFleur's best friend is the head coach for the Jets. The safeties coach there, who has defensive coordinator experience and was a former football player, played from 2012 to 2009, and was a Green Bay Packer in 2006 as a strong safety, who has familiarity with Matt LaFleur, played 16 games in Green Bay with one pick, which was returned 29 yards for a touchdown, had three pass deflections, 81 tackles. He was like the, one of the top tacklers. You know who he is? Marquan Manuel. Think about it. You got the former experience, but you're also pulling from the Jets. Now he's got a bunch of other stuff that he's, he, you know, but what is his other prior ex- experience? Dan Quinn? Dan Quinn and Robert Sala. That's his experience as, as far as being under. And again, the, the entire situation in Atlanta was kind of in flux. The Dan Quinn experiment didn't work, but it's still pretty impressive to go from 27th to 8th. I don't know why they fell off. It would take some further investigation. I'm just trying to get out of here right now, and I'm, I'm rambling because I just found this and I found it interesting. If I had to pick like a number three that just kind of fits all the criteria, the number one being Matt LaFleur knows him and worked with him, assuming they don't hate each other. Again, his best friend is going to vouch for him. Not only is, is, is Robert Sala going to vouch to Matt LaFleur about Mar- Marquand Man- Manuel, but he's also going to want to talk to him and be like, dude, I'm telling you, that's a great guy to work with. And it's a great opportunity if they're willing to offer him that job. I bet he at least gets an interview. It's tough when you look at the safeties, though, because they don't, they don't have safeties. <laughs> like, like, they've got, th- their top two safeties are Jordan Whitehead and Tony Adams. And these guys have never really been good at anything. I think Whitehead was really liked in Tampa, like all the prognosticators be like, oh, he's so good. He's amazing. His highest year was his final year in Tampa. He had a 71 PFF grade. He currently has a 68. It's like an identical grade. And Tony Adams is a 2022 undrafted free agent. They brought over Adrian Amos. He played one game. The year before they had LaMarcus Joyner. That guy made a ton of money because in 2017, he was awesome. And then he's been kind of terrible ever since. That was a long time ago. So Hard to gauge from the players. Even 2021, they had Ashton Davis and Elijah Riley were the top two safeties. Just what the freaking heck are we talking about here? Anyways, I got to get out of here. You guys have a good rest of your day. I will talk to you tomorrow. I hope you have a very, very awesome Christmas Eve. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.